Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 242, Messages from Heaven. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be back with you. And we're heading into quite a week where we have a new moon in Taurus on the 19th of May. And we have a lot of power struggles happening at this time. So you may feel you're being squeezed or pulled in many directions. A lot of intensity, a lot of stubbornness. Taurus is known for its stubbornness. But it's not only just because the the Taurian energy, we have Pluto still in Aquarius, but going retrograde. And this is opposite Mars in Cancer. And they are both squaring Jupiter that's just gone into Taurus. And you couldn't ask for some more stubborn and, and determined energies in your life. So Mars in Cancer is pushing its direction and Jupiter wants its direction and Pluto wants its direction. And so this is all happening over this next week. So breathe, everybody, <laughs> because you may feel both, as I say, trapped, pulled, contracted. And it may be coming from within your own self. Which way shall I go? Which way shall I not go? Or it may be amongst friends or family, you're being pulled, us to take sides, breathe. Now, on a, on a positive level, because this all relates to this new moon as well, which is also part of this, it's also a good time to make practical movements because the new moon is in Taurus, right at the end of Taurus. So it's about really doing something practical, laying down foundations, being in your power to do that using your Jupiterian energy to expand your consciousness. Everything could be very good as long as you do it from a centered place, a grounded or rooted place. Try not to take risks during this time, and especially do not go into power games or power struggles with anybody. So if it feels as if you're trying to assert yourself against someone else or listen to me, <laughs> back down, quieten down. That's not the way to do it. Let your movements this week be fluid and a little flexible, just being able to move with what comes in your direction. And if there are challenges to where you want to go, breathe out, quieten down, say maybe I'll just wait until the next flow of energy, which is next week after this time because things will move forward more gently. So that when you're listening to this, remember this is the day before the new moon. So this is what we call the day of the first day of the dark moon. So take that time to empty out, I would say, all your struggles, all the things that you're determined to do and you're not going to give in because Sometimes we are so determined to have it our way or to meet our expectations or to have things flow in the way we want. We're missing the opportunities that are coming to us from other places. And this is what I want to talk to you about as well when I'm talking about messages from heaven. Now, I've mentioned before how there are many messengers 
coming to us in from the spirit world and we have our guides we can be out in nature and their messages but the first step before i even talk about maybe the spirits that are within the heavens our loved ones who are trying to give us messages the first step is to stop listen empty our minds open our hearts and perhaps be quiet <laughs> in the nicest way i've been very aware as as things are perhaps less stable and i think we'd all accept that things are unstable it's really unclear i think where we're going both as a collective maybe even individually or as your family there's a lot of confusion it feels as if what we may be being clear about in the past was okay this is the person uh, we're going to follow or this is the path we're going to follow of our own everything's got a, very confusing at this time you may have noticed that and that's partly due to neptune in pisces being trying to this mars in cancer Neptune's about confusion, illusion, but it's also about spirit and creativity. So what's happening is as even though it's going to be a challenging week where we're trying to hold on to things or maybe people are trying to hold on to us, this would be a great time to say, okay, I'm going to surrender all those things that are no longer in harmony with my soul or I'm going to surrender all those expectations that hold me back because I have all ready fixed in my mind what i think life's going to be about okay that's a good thing to do and you're opening yourself up to possibilities opening yourself up to mystery but one area that i've noticed that comes out of that confusion isn't stillness and openness it's actually chatter that mind just carries on so that someone may ask me a question i give an answer and they don't hear what i'm saying that's fine but they're so busy with the next question yes but what if throat chakra remember throat chakra is always making excuses asking questions and it's that sort of distractedness that comes along with that neptune piscean energy because it's always wanting to chatter it's always thinking of a new idea and it might sound tremendously exciting someone who's always oh, what are they doing now what's the next exciting thing but they're never focused on anything and i would just say is at the moment there's so much stimulation out there do it this way do it this way follow these people follow this belief and it's almost like i'm watching grasshoppers jumping around one thing after another get your quick fix here of this get your quick fix there but everything that matters to us isn't just an outward motion it's about and how did that change me how did that give me pleasure how did i change because of that experience and unless we're able to ask those questions we just keep repeating patterns that don't work for us so when we're looking to receive messages from our loved ones it's no different from when i'm working with those and trying to share how we can listen to our guides you see we can keep receiving messages but unless 
we actually are willing to integrate that message, hear that message, it just becomes more chatter. And I feel there's a lot of that around at the moment. Someone might say something to me and I'll say, well, what does that make you feel when, when you hear that or you experience that? And they look at me like, what do you mean feeling? Can't we just talk about facts? Can't we just talk about information? Or I might say, could you take me deeper into your way of thinking? Can, I, can you help me to understand where you're coming from? And they look at me like, well, no, it's just, this is just a soundbite. Why can't you just be happy with the soundbite I've given you? And I can understand that I can be quite annoying in that way because probably they've used this same soundbite, this same story for so many people and they've never questioned and so, for instance, um, working with some people recently who came to me because they were concerned about a loved one who was dying. And they, they wanted to tell the story about how the diagnosis had been made, what this person's illness was, what they were having to do. But I said, well, how do you feel? And it was like, well, hang on a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you a story. Yes, but how do you feel? Okay, I sit into the fat the feeling. And, and what's going on as you're seeing that person who's dying? Because so often I find that someone wants to tell me the story and as if I can then, if I want, project my knowledge of someone dying onto them and then I understand it. That makes sense? So everybody's death, and I've been around a lot of both my loved ones dying and also obviously being around a lot who died within a hospital setting or in my, in my general practice setting, everybody's got a different story. Everybody's got a different story, whether you're the person dying or whether you're the person grieving or in the process of grieving. And we have to tell our story. We have to say, how does this make me feel? Not what you're expecting, how do I feel? And to know that, to be able to really talk from our hearts and talk perhaps even from our sacral chakra, we have to stop and listen. I feel there's so much fear around, as, as you may know, often anger's at the top of our list of emotions and then blaming ourselves and guilt. The bottom line is our fear. What's your fear? What do you really worry about here? And that fear is very deep. It's in all of us. And it might be fear of being alone. But once someone says, oh, okay, I have a fear of being alone. And what's your fear of being alone? It's not enough sometimes to just almost throw out a pat answer. I'll be abandoned. Nobody will love me. And it might be very real. It might be, well, if I'm alone and I fall down the stairs, nobody will notice me. And then I say, has that ever been a fear for you before? That nobody hears your cries. And they go, yes, that's been my life. Nobody's ever heard me. So what we may fear in one moment is just an echo of an event that's happened probably not just in this life, but many lives, never being heard, for instance. Nobody being there for us. But again, we often come out with these pat answers. Nobody's there for me. What does that mean? What would I need to do to be your friend, to be there for you? 
many a time they've not thought that. Well, they say so to me, that's a good question. What would I need to do to make you feel loved? Not to say I'm going to do it, but what is it when you say I feel unloved? What do you, are you, what's in your heart, what's in your mind that would make the difference? And that's what the spirit world want from us and our loved ones in spirit. We, that's why I'm calling it messages from heaven, our loved ones who have passed over. We're often so confusing when we're asking for guidance or messages. We don't, they don't know what it is we actually want. Send me a message. You're okay. Okay, I've sent you a message. Now send me another one. It's like, what are you asking for? Because the spirit world is constantly there to help us. As I've said before, if I'm not meant to be doing this, make it really clear now or close all the doors, not in harmony in my soul. But if we're only saying these words or saying, oh, help me find, help me not feel so lonely, the spirit world have no clue what you're talking about. What is it you want? Once we ask very clearly, it's easy for us to attract into our lives those things we want. And this is our talking with forked tongue. You know, we, we say one thing and we mean another. Oh, I hate this job. Oh, now I haven't got a job. Wow, I'm still so upset. But hang on, you hated the job. Well, yeah, but I, I talking about hating the job, I didn't actually want to lose it. So our ability to communicate really clearly, and at the moment Mercury's in Taurus, so it's about being really down to earth, being almost practical. What is it we are saying is really important this time. And I would say to say to those of who are leaders or people, what are you saying? What is your agenda? What is behind your power grab? What is going on? And I think this is really fundamental to these times. We have to have better communication, but not just that I'm going to talk to you. I need to know who is talking to me. Who are you? And I feel that over these next few years, we are going to see more and more computer-generated images, more and more confusion about who is speaking to this individual. And often we will see people using the right words. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I'm doing this for your good. Well, you should do this, otherwise you'll feel guilty. Forget all those power games. What are you saying? And this is all about being clear in our communication, not only for what we ask, but also for what we are hearing. The spirit world especially, uh, and what I call the universe, are only too happy to come and help us if we could just both ask a clear question and act on the answers that we get. That is the greatest frustration. When someone tells me, this has happened three times, I wonder what's going on. Uh, my body isn't working, well, I wonder what's going on. Listen to the body. It's not that difficult. Listen to the messages. When your house floods, where is there too much water in your life? Where are there too many emotions? When everything goes up in flames, maybe that was the only way to move you on. 
The body loves you. If your hands aren't working, what are you doing with your hands that your body doesn't want you to do anymore? This is a time to listen. I remember a beautiful man whose hands were crippled with rheumatoid arthritis and we spoke for a while and he said, he came to a point where he said, I was brought up with a father who was a, a fighter, a boxer. And my mother was a pacifist. And this was really quite a difficult conversation because one wanted peace, one wanted to be a fighter. But out of this came me who doesn't want to hurt people, but has the strength to do so. And he said, this is why my hands are like this. Because I never want to hurt anybody with my hands, but I have it within me to hurt others. So my hands are riddled with rheumatoid arthritis. Our body helps us as often as it can to say, I will take on this wound, this pain, if you'll just listen to the message, like we did last week. And so I wanted to share a few thoughts about messages from heaven. I know you may have read about people who have had near-death experiences coming back, often with these wonderful ideas and, and ability to help people um, be stronger because they've experienced the love that's there for them. Some of you may have messages of people before they've passed over. Precognition. I wonder how many of you have had that, knowing that someone is passing. I hear many a story where a child, a person is saying, oh, I was in bed and my grandfather visited me in my dream. Or maybe I thought he was even in the room. And then later on that day, I heard that he had died. That is a very common experience for those who are sensitive. And it's a very comforting one. I've met many people who, you know, many, but several people because I'm in this field where someone said, this person visited me in this dream uh, a few months ago and said, I'm not going to be around much longer. And part of that, I think, is the spirit world trying to protect us and prepare us for their leaving. Now, on another level, it can be a bothersome because when that person dies, I have children especially saying, did I cause that? So if I had that knowledge, did I cause the problem? And that probably ties back to a past life where you may have been an oracle or a sorceress or a witch and you could see things in the future. And maybe you did decide that you would help that future along a little bit. Or other times you were blamed for you saw it, therefore you must have caused it. Just trying to help some of you out who may have a fear or you may have known things, but shut it down for fear of being blamed. It's not the way to do it. Allow yourself to realize that if you have a gift of looking into the future, it's often a gift that is a, a much more wider gift apart from just looking into the future. It's like looking 360 degrees. So it's really about how do I open myself up to my psychic awareness? Now, very recently, a friend of mine passed, uh, a dear friend of mine, and I didn't know that she had passed, but in the morning, that I was in Brazil actually at this time when this happened, we were, had a canopy over where I was working, uh, open to the open air, and this butterfly kept coming in, into the canopy, trying to get out the top of the canopy, and it couldn't do that. 
And then it flew down and then got free. And this must have done this three or four times. And I could feel something was changing. And at the end of that day, I heard that my dear friend had died. And I really felt it was a message from her saying, I'm free. I'm no longer locked into a body. I'm free. And having worked with so many people who have loved ones who have passed over, I've often seen that image, both as I have to say, those who have committed suicide, they often come and they visit and they try and say, this was my time of freedom. Sometimes I've seen those who die young often take the, the darkness, if I may say, of the family and take it with them into the light. So they serve their family by removing that which had held the family back. That's a great gift you bring to the family. I remember a gentleman saying to me, never ever waste the opportunity that your mother has given you. This was just after my mother's passing. She has died in order for you to be empowered, lead your life. Never waste that. That stays with me because I know that had my mother not passed, I would never be living in America. And she knew I wouldn't go from the UK to America while she was still alive. I know she did that for me. And, you know, not just for me, but for the family, but ask yourself, how did this change because of this? And then I remember another gentleman, uh, we were in a, a conference room, and there was a woman whose brother had been seriously ill, and all of a sudden this huge hawk came and landed on the, the, the netting of a window. And it wasn't easy because this hawk had to hold on tight to this netting. And I knew it was this brother who had come. And he was saying goodbye. And I know that many of you will have had birds, spirit birds coming to you. Often in cardinals I hear about other birds the spirit world finds birds one of the easiest ways of connecting. So when someone passes, they, they often know how to arrive, just like the butterfly, but to come in as a bird, to give comfort. I'm okay. I'm free. Trust me. And what I've also seen and is how when a soul passes over, it often passes into a personality, a body, if I've got to call it a body, which is much younger or more adapted, you know, more able than the body they left. And I remember working with a, some parents whose little boy of 10 had passed over. And when the boy turned up, he was about mid-30s. And, and what he was saying is, I'm great, I'm free. Again, he'd gone through some very difficult times. But he said, can you stop seeing me as a little boy? because it's not helping my passing. At the same time, I saw a friend who was probably in her 70s when she died. Immediately she came back as a 30-year-old and she had been adopted, never known her adoptive parents. And there she is at her funeral dancing around, saying to me, these are my real parents. These are my parents. And she was so excited to meet them all. And 
and obviously the priest is going on about how sad it all is and she's dancing around and I'm going you know calm down <laughs> but it really was a time where it's like yeah it's so exciting and as a friend of mine says you know when we pass over we always say oh it's going to be wonderful I'll be with my husband again or my family again that I've known on this earth but when we pass over, we'll say, oh, I saw you quite recently. No, these are the interesting people I want to see. I haven't seen you for lifetimes. So just be amazed by those who are going to be waiting for us. And remember, those who are waiting for us, you'll be surprised by who really loved us. Because the ones who really loved us gave us the hardest time. The ones who didn't give us a hard time, they loved us. But the ones who, if I may say, kicked ass or made you really make a change because of their attitude, you'll never know how much they actually loved you despite what appeared to be a very hateful or painful experience. And I'm not saying that's true for all, but I've often seen parents, abusive parents who had no interest in their children becoming the best cheerleaders in spirit for their children or for their grandchildren because they said, we did a lousy job, we were there. Now, the process of passing over is multiple, and, and I often see that the soul will stay around, often to the funeral. Uh, they're very active and available, and then they have to go off and, we might say, go through their own process of shedding the old skin, the old emotions, the old energy. And I remember on the day of my mother's funeral, we, this was back around 1999. So it was really before cell phones were very common or mobile phones were very common. And she had just got one, I think, when, when, before she died. So I was talking to a friend on my mobile phone, cell phone, and all of a sudden the phone cut out. And then it rang again and I answered it. And I heard this very Scottish voice, which was my mother saying, hello there, hello there, can you hear me? And I know it was my mother. And I said, oh, yes, <laughs> this was on the day of her funeral. And then the phone went dead and my friend phoned me back and she said, what happened there? She said, I phoned you back and I was put on to someone in Scotland. <laughs> so wires crossed, but I find that the spirit world loved talking on electronics. So you may have seen that on your, on your computer or you may have seen it coming over the radio or the television. I'm just saying is sometimes you might turn on some music and it's the music of your loved ones who have passed over. They love trying to bring some sort of electronic alive. I've had lights that turn on and off. Anybody had that? You're like, okay, you're playing with my lights. And it's like, yeah, look how clever we are. We can do this. <laughs> and it does take a lot of effort for them, but they have to change their vibrational energy to be able to work with the electronics. That's what I'm saying. It's an easier thing for them to work with. Now, as I said, you may hear music often at one of your moments where you're feeling a bit sad, like there's the music, and then you listen to the lyrics, and it might be even more pertinent. Or you may smell a, an aroma of someone or you may receive a flower, or you may receive something and you'll go, wow, that must have come from them because they really want to show their love for you. And I was listening to a lovely story about a woman whose husband had died and she, you know, they really both were atheists. They'd not believed in anything and they weren't particularly technological. She wasn't 
particularly on WhatsApp. All of a sudden, she describes she was out for a walk. And she's, so she's got her phone in her pocket. She comes back and her daughter says, Mom, why did you sign us up for a WhatsApp group? And dad's included. And I think some other member of the family said, you've signed me up for another WhatsApp group. This man had signed her up for these WhatsApp groups <laughs> through his ability. I think it's a great story. I understand there's a book out, you know, speaking from WhatsApp through heaven. So understand the spirit world really want to share with us. But there is this period of time just when someone passes where we they will be around us, their energy will be around. Then they have to move on. And sometimes, depending on whatever consciousness they're attached to or where they've come from, if I may say dimensionally, sometimes they will just disappear. They won't be around us. And I had a very close friend of my mother's who, once she passed, that was it. We, we never saw her again. And I attended a lot of mediumships, readings. But others will stay around. But what they need to do is to separate themselves from us emotionally, from our place of, oh, why aren't you here in my life? And, and they know that to make the new connection, they have to almost separate from you where you're feeling that this is the emotion I miss, which we are going through. I miss their hugs. I miss their conversation. I miss whatever we miss. We have to heal or grieve that that can never be again if we want to make a new connection with them. And it allows them to do their own healing because they have to go through that process, whatever was going on for them. They have to almost unwind the stories that they got wound up into. And so when we keep trying to call them back and say, oh, why are you not here with me? It's very loving. And of course, we want to hear from them that they love us still. There's no doubt of their love for us, but they want to be free. And they know that sometimes they need to almost turn their back on us or walk away from us so we can do our own grieving in order to create a new relationship if that's meant to be. And remember, we're not actually relating to the one soul who is waiting for us in heaven because they are also multi-souled or multi-dimensional. So many a time they will reincarnate somewhere or they will go off somewhere. But a part of them will always be connected to us, but it's not their whole. I need you to know that. But if we think of them, and we call them, if they haven't gone too far away, they will be there instantaneously. And, but if we're asking, like, do you love me? They'll, they'll say, well, look, that isn't actually, of course I love you. That's why I'm here. That's why when you called, I came. So perhaps move on from those questions to say, if you have a question, you know, please help me this or, or show me the way or make, you know, whatever it is you want. They can't show their love to you more than they're doing. And often they can't, if we're saying, if you loved me, you wouldn't have left. It's not a, it's not a question and it's not something they can do anything about. So working with our own grief, our own wound, our own loneliness, our own sadness, isn't something that the spirit world can help us with. We have to be willing to go within ourselves and recount 
and feel those feelings that I was talking about earlier. And it's that person's, the hole in our heart will never be filled because that person isn't there. But it doesn't mean that we should not find happiness, find joy in ways that we can. Because for the spirit world, again, what I hear is they're saying, please move on. Find a new partner. Have a life. Enjoy yourself. That doesn't mean you don't love me or I don't love you. It means it gives me joy for you to have joy. But when we are Miss Havisham keeping that grief in a box, in a room, it means that spirit is trapped. And although that period of grief can go on for three years, which I think is a very natural period, after that time, we need to let go. Just as many cultures say, okay, after that time, we burn everything that belonged to the past because we need to free them and we need to find a place within our world where we are living in the here and now and not hoping that we disappear or that they will come back. So I hope that gives you some hope. You're never alone, but the questions that we often ask them are inadequate. And they love us so much. And they struggle when we struggle. But they can't interfere with our karma because otherwise they get pulled back into this earthly realm, which we don't want. So if you wish, you can visit them in a beautiful place. That's often what I would do is go on a magic carpet and visit them and meet them halfway if you want. But let go of the idea that they are of the age they were when you lost them or the person they were, let them appear in whatever form they want. And then you can have true soul connection, true love. Many blessings to you. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.